Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we will be talking with our special guest from from Oz Pictures, Kevin Peterson, who is the writer and executive producer from the new film The Wiener Dog Nationals. Plus, we will be reviewing Growing Up with Hello Kitty and My Little Pony. So to start off the show, we have our guest, Kevin Peterson, who is the writer and producer of Wiener Dog Nationals. So, Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your job and where you work? Okay. Um, so I run a company called Fromage Pictures. Um, we, we have been focusing primarily on family entertainment. Uh, last year, we came out with kind of our flagship uh, TV pilot called The Super Holidays. It's an animated show. Um, we've been shopping around, and this year we've really put our focus on a, on the film uh, Wiener Dog Nationals, which is a family uh, kind of kid and dog movie that we're focusing on. And I'm actually going to be stepping into the director's chair on the film as well. So something that I, I wrote a couple years back, and we've been developing it for the last couple of years. And this year is our is finally our uh, we've reached our production year. That's awesome. So how did you get started in your job? Uh, I got my start originally. I I, I started actually. Um, in high school, writing and uh, producing sketch comedy for public access TV. And then um, I started writing for stand-up comics up in San Francisco and uh, and had a couple films that were picked up by some companies down here. I was writing for some jokes for films and um, moved down to Los Angeles, started focusing on feature writing and uh, kind of went jumped around between different genres, um, horror and comedy and, and drama and really found that comedy and, and family uh, films were kind of my passion. So that's when I launched my company back in 2008 to really focus on those things. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your comedic background? Okay. Um, well, I grew up, my father um, raised me on uh, 
the show of shows and kids in the hall monty python um all of those kind of great sketch comics uh, steve martin was one of my favorite um comics growing up not just for his films but um, his stand-up comedy as well and uh and i got kind of a drawn into that comedy world um i produced a show called the plague and it, it became one of the top rated shows in public access and up in you know northern california and sonoma and napa area uh, this, this is a wow a long time ago <laughs> i guess uh, mm-hmm. about 15 years ago and um and then from there i, I when i just start, when i started writing for comics I, I really fell in love with the stand-up comedy world and just the challenge of trying to find comedy in any situation I think it's 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 a very interesting genre because you can really, in in almost any moment, find some kind of comedic element, and there's a, a really fun challenge in that. That's awesome. So, what did you want to be when you know you were younger, like in middle school or elementary school? And did that idea of what you wanted to be when you grow up change as you came into this profession? Yeah, you know, it, it did change somewhat. I mean, I've always had a love of comedy. Um, I think. My passion was writing, and I focused a long time on just writing. And um, one thing when you're when you're writing something is that it's very hard to find anyone else who's as passionate about it as you are. Um, you know, people will like it, and some people might might you know love it, but they won't love it with the same level of passion that you have for for your own work um, if you're focusing on the right things. And and so I think over the last couple of years, I've been kind of you know, more or less forced, but in a good way to step into a producer and now a director role on some of these projects, because it's, uh, they become very much, uh, you know, you have to be very passionate about your work to be able to push it to completion when you're focusing on film. It's such a collaborative effort and you, you need to really fire people up and get them involved. Um, and to do that, you have to step into kind of a leadership role on, on the stuff you've written. At least that's what I've found. That's awesome. So what is your best advice for, you know, kids or, or young adults that want to pursue a career in comedy or production or, you know, writing screenplays, anything in your profession? I think uh, I think just just that finding that level of passion in your work um, and just believing in it. There's a there's a lot of people that are going to tell you no along the way. There's a lot of people that will tell you that a certain idea you have might not work or it'll be better if you did this. But, you know, you take those uh, those suggestions at kind of face value and incorporate what works. But really find find what you're passionate about and pursue that, whether it's comedy or drama or something completely out of entertainment. You know, I mean, um, just find finding in life, I think, the things that you really, truly care about is how you'll you'll end up happy. Absolutely. You're listening to The Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Kevin Peterson, writer and executive producer of the new film, The Wiener Dog Nationals. Plus, we will be reviewing Growing Up with Hello Kitty and My Little Pony. So right now we're talking with Kevin Peterson, and he was just telling me a little bit about advice for young people who want to pursue a career in comedy or drama, anything out of the entertainment business. He has been in comedy for quite some time, and um, now he's going to be the executive producer of a new film, The Wiener Dog Nationals. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about this film? Okay. Um, Well, this film, you know, we've been really fortunate to get some great partners involved so far in the project. I went originally, it's based off an actual event that is held every year. The Wiener Dog Nationals is where they race uh, wiener dogs, like the little, the doxy dash hound dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this race every year, and it's hosted by Wiener Schnitzel, the hot dog chain. 
And um, I, back in 2007, I read an article in the LA Times that was just talking about the event happening that day. And so I called a friend of mine up and said, you know, we should go down and, and check out this event. It sounds really fun. And we, we drove down to Los Alamitos um, and was I was just really surprised by how many people had turned out for it. And it was a very fun event. The dog races are not, you know, they're not um, competitive. It's not like a competitive sport. It's a fun event. The dogs aren't really trained for racing. They kind of run all over the place and they have fun and they, they stop and get their pictures taken before crossing the finish line. And it was a very, <laughs> silly, very silly kind of event. And um, I just was really struck by it and thought it would make a really fun kind of family movie. And I approached Wienerschnitzel about it and um, they came on board and back to the project. And so they're, they're going to be marketing and promoting the movie through their stores. And um, we spent about a year and a half developing the script. And then we've been, you know, raising the money, take some time. So we've been spending some time raising the money to um, make the film. And that's where we're kind of at today. That's really cool. So I think it's really awesome that you were able to get your inspiration from an actual event that was happening. And it sounds actually really fun. I've never heard of Wiener Dog Nationals or, <laughs> or racing Wiener Dogs before ever. And so when I found out that you were writing a movie about it, I was like, oh, I wonder where he got his inspiration. But that's actually really cool that they, you know, really do that. So what was it like for you when you're writing the script and, you know, um, collaborating with all these other people about how to make the movie what was it like for you to add your own creative twist to this actual event um you know it was a little bit of a challenge finding i think at, at any point when you're starting out with a blank page you know you have to find kind of a thread to the story and so we initially when i initially tackled the the script it was actually written quite differently than it is now i had at first approached it as kind of from an adult's perspective, you know, these adults that come into this world and start racing um, their dogs. And then over time, I was finding that wasn't really working for the story I was trying to tell. So I, I changed it from a, to a kid's perspective and developed this um, family that enters, you know, all together as a family into the race. And it's really kind of a father-son story and a kid and dog movie kind of rolled into one. And, um, you know, going back to that level of passion, I think finding finding that level of passion in the work is has allowed me to get, you know, there's a, there's a great supportive community of the people that are actually involved in these races that have come forward and stepped up to help get the word out about the movie. And we've got some great creative partners too. We have um, Chris Ayers is a designer at DreamWorks who's drawn a, a wiener dog for us as our logo that we're going to be using within the opening credits of the film. And um, Josh Jaggers, who's a visual effects producer, has stepped in to kind of oversee some of the visual effects. And he's done Spider-Man 3 and Ghost Rider and a bunch of really large films and oh, wow these are people we wouldn't normally be able to get but again you know pitching them on the film with kind of a level of passion and a project we really believe in they've found belief in it too and, and come on board so um, it's been a really interesting development process. That's so cool. I think that's, it sounds like you have such great names on board and, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie once it comes out. It sounds really fun and really cute and entertaining. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in writing the script and, you know, getting all of these people on board and, and really putting the whole thing together? Uh, I think, you know, the, the biggest challenges were, were, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of challenge in finding the right tone with the project. Um, now, you know, I think some of our biggest challenges might lie ahead of us. We're, we're in the process of finishing out our financing and casting the movie. Um, so we're actually looking for our children's stars right now. Um, 
there's a casting call out actually right now for um, two of the kids in the movie. We've got about five roles total, uh, five children roles total that we're casting. Um, so we're going through, you know, hundreds of headshots and watching test reels and, and all of that. So um, I think that's probably one of our biggest challenges currently is just, you know, these are these are characters that have lived in my head for a while. And now to kind of put them into real flesh and blood people is is a is a difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that as a challenge, you know, trying to get your creative ideas on things and putting, you know, finding the right person to match that. Well, overall, the film sounds like it's going to be really awesome and, you know, good luck with working on it. It sounds like you have some awesome people on board to help you fulfill your creative dream of this. It looks like we're out of time, but Kevin, thank you so much for talking with me on the show. We really appreciated having you. Thank you, Raven. I appreciate it being on. Thank you for your time. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critic Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss My Little Pony, and we have with us today Cheyenne. So how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm good as well. So why didn't you tell us all about this film? I remember growing up with um, the My Little Pony dolls. I mean, like, I had every single one possible. It was like a little My Little Pony farm in my room and you know I watched a lot of the film so why don't you tell us about this one well it's called like My Little Pony Friendship Express it's about this like pony who's named Twilight Sparkle and all she cares and like all she enjoys is like studying and like when like the teach when the princess sent her on a journey to like to help her to help her um set up for the moon feast she um she um the princess said to make friends on the way because she doesn't really have any friends because she's mostly staying inside studying and so when she's on her journey she meets five new friends like one who controls the weather one who like does the music i think one who talks a lot (laughs) (laughs) and has a really good sense of humor one of them, um, the one who does the music is really shy, so, like, she start, she tries to make friends, too, and I forgot one of them. Oh, oh no, that was pretty much it. And um, the one who controls the weather um, is a really fast flyer because he could, like, um, clear away all the clouds, and so when... And there's this, the moon face I was talking about. It's when it's the longest day, it's the longest um, day in the year. And when the princess um, brings up the sun and the moon because her younger sister who used to, who used to control the moon, she like wants to night for night to last forever because like, if the night lasts forever, we can't have plants, we can't have trees. If we don't have trees, we can't breathe. If we can't, if we can't breathe, we die. And if the plants die, and we don't have food, so and mm-hmm. like the 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 younger sister who controls the moon, she came out of the moon because her older sister who controls the um, sun and moon now. Um, she put she put the most powerful spell on her to make her vanish for one thousand years, and the one thousand and the one thousand years were up. And she made the pony who puts up the moon and sun disappear. And they had to go to this evergreen forest to find um all the six gems to make the pony to make the doctor's pony vanish, and. Like when the person who control the pony who controls the weather, like there's a bridge and he he could fly over it and tie it up. Well, it sounds like a very, very entertaining film and it sounds very cute and full of action. So what did you think about this film? And, you know, what do you like My Little Pony? Do you play with My Little Pony dolls? Um, well, I got McDonald's yesterday, and they came with a My Little Pony with a comb. So, like, I combed its, um, so, so I combed the tail. Oh, yeah, and the other friend's named Applejack, who did the food. <laughs> 
And oh, so, awesome. so I was like playing with Amber, like, hi, my name is Applejack. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about the movie? You know, it sounds like you really enjoyed it, but what are your opinions on it? The movie is really mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. You thought it was yeah. mysterious, but did you like it? Yeah, I loved it so much. And like, I was trying to ask my mom, mom, can we get my little ponies? He's like, <laughs> have to wait. <laughs> and Well, I'm glad that you really liked it and that you, you know, you enjoyed it so much that you wanted to go out and get My Little Pony dolls. That's very fun. Yeah. So what did you think about the visuals in this film? Uh, I think the animation was standard and clear. That's awesome. So what was, um, what made it standard? You know, can you go into detail about that? They didn't really have that much effects like 3D or 2D, 2D like most of the movies right now. It doesn't like pop up, you know? Mm-hmm. It it's was just sort of like just flat animation. Flat. Yeah, flat animation. Like cartoon style. Uh-huh. Awesome. So what do you think about the soundtrack in this film? I remember watching My Little Pony movies when I was a little bit younger, and then I have a lot of younger relatives, so I'll watch it with them. But what did you think about you know, the soundtrack, and was it upbeat? Did it fit the light, airy tempo of the film? Yeah, the music was really upbeat. Like, I was kind of dancing to the songs, and they played the songs. (laughs) That's awesome. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing My Little Pony, Friendship Express, and Growing Up with Hello Kitty. So right now we're talking about My Little Pony, and we are talking with Cheyenne, and she's just telling me about how she really, really likes it, and she liked the music, and it was very upbeat. So what age group do you think this film is best suited for? I think it's maybe, well, not maybe, but I think it's, Three to nine. Three to nine. And why do you think that age group? It's because I have a younger sibling who plays with my little pony. Not a younger sibling. I mean, a younger cousin who plays with my little ponies. And she's three. And my friend who's nine, she has my little ponies. So I'm like, three to nine. Yeah, three to nine. Well, that sounds like a pretty good age range. I I think, in my opinion, that's a good age range for My Little Pony as well. Yeah. So, how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale of one to five? Five out of five stars. Five out of five stars. Well, I'm so glad that you liked it. It sounds like you're very enthusiastic about this film, which is always fun to talk to people who saw a film and they really, really like it. And they're like, oh my gosh, it was so good. And then when you talk to people who don't really like a film so much, they're like, yeah, it was okay. But I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. So can you tell me a little bit about the emotion? It sounds like there's a bit of conflict in this film. Yeah, a little conflict. There's like really scared parts, like because when the pony who controls the weather flied over to tie up the bridge, the two evil ponies, they're like, I heard you're the best flyer in Ponyville, huh? Well, mm-hmm. we need a leader, and maybe you could be the leader. And they're trying to trick him to come to their side in the darkness side. So there's a little bit of trickery going on? Yeah, so I'm like, please don't go in that group. Please don't go in that group. Because all of the ponies have light colors. And mm-hmm. they have, like, really dark colors, like black and really dark purple. 
Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of symbolism going on, even in this, you know, film that's for younger people. So the good people are all light and the bad people are all dark colors and all like gloomy. Mm -hmm. So what morals or messages do you think this film was able to portray to audience members? It's, your life is not all about studying because sometimes I do studying too much sometimes and you always have to make friends because they'll always be there for you when you need help. Mm -hmm. Friendship is very very important and I think the moral of friendship definitely fits with this movie because it is called My Little Pony Friendship Express and I also think that like you said you need to find a good balance between work and play you know studying and hanging out with your friends so it's always good to not have you know, not to push off all of your studying and hang out with your friends all the time or not to have no friends and just study all the time. So I think that's good that it teaches a nice balance of the in-between worlds. Yeah. So do you think you have a favorite character in this film or any character that you relate to? I relate to Twilight Sparkle and my favorite character is Twilight Sparkle. (laughs) And why do you like her? Why do you relate to her? Sometimes when there's a test come up, I study a little bit too much. So I, I, I ignore my friends and like, hey, you know you're kind of ignoring us and you're kind of more putting your face in the textbook besides putting, besides hanging out with us. I'm like, sorry, gotta study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why do you think she's your favorite character? What was something that, you know, really stood out about her? Besides the fact that she does relate to you. Um, the fact is, like, she has a really special talent of being really smart. And when she gets the, when she tries to find the six gems, because one of the gems, you, um, you have to find all five of the gems, and then the sixth gem will come up. Mm-hmm. And when they found all the five gems, her, all, her five friends, like, have a, a, the, her, the five friends have a necklace with the gems that matches with their personalities, like a flying with wings, one with um, um, a basket full of like apples because of Applejack because she lives in like the country, uh huh, and kind of like in Texas, and one that is a talk sign, talk 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 for one of the persons who has a really good the one who really talks a lot and knows everybody in Ponyville. Yeah, and so she sounds what, very, very smart, huh? Yeah, and one person who has the music sign because she has birds who does music for the moon face. That's awesome. Well, it looks like we're out of time, but Chan, thank you so much for telling us all about My Little Pony Friendship Express. It sounds very, very cute and very fun, and I hope you can get some My Little Pony dolls because they're very fun to play with. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devani from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critic Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. 
public voting determines the 20 finalists and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss growing up with Hello Kitty, and we have with us today Morgan. So how are you doing today? Good. That's awesome. So we're going to be talking about growing up with Hello Kitty, and I actually got to talk to the creator of Growing Up with Hello Kitty on last week's show, and that was a really fun interview, so it'll be really fun to hear what you thought of this film. So... To start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of this movie? Well, the plot of this movie is like where kids learn things from Hello Kitty and her sister. And it's really a good adventure, and you can be able to watch these over and over, so your kids will love them. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of this film, in your opinion? Well, I think that was very good enough that kids can be able to do that, and that they'll all love them, and that... The, the boy who made it was a very good, intelligent boy, and he really, really was honorable, and he knew what to do. So mm-hmm. um, he was a good creator of the movie, and that her sister Mimi was um, good. Mm-hmm. And so what did you think about the animation in this film and the cinematography? What are your opinions on that? Well, the cinematographer was more like she actually had two um, 
one of the things was where she had to choose from the angel or the devil and that was a very good thing how they did that because it looked like they were real you thought the animation was really good in that scene yes that's awesome so what did you think um the emotion in this film was i know it definitely teaches a lot of messages and a lot of good tips for young kids but what was the overall emotion of this film well the emotion was like all emotions kind of um one was scared one was happy one was nervous one was um so it gave very diverse emotions yes that's awesome so what do you think like i said before i know it teaches a lot of good morals and messages but what do you think is your favorite message that you got out of this film oh my favorite episode was replaying properly because I just liked it because it teaches kids that they actually have to reply properly or else something will happen and mm-hmm. it shows that Hello Kitty gives this monster so it's kind of like every single time a kid doesn't answer properly then it shows up oh my it goodness bigger and bigger and bigger and then mm-hmm. every and then every single time they say yes, it, um, it goes smaller. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I think that's actually a really good way to, you know, sort of show with like symbolism how, you know, when you're rude in your responses, it turns into like this big monster. And so I think that's kind of a cool method on how to teach kids to be polite. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Growing Up with Hello Kitty. And we have with us today, Cheyenne, I mean, sorry, um, we have with us today Morgan, and she was just telling me all about her favorite episode, and it was the Reply Politely one, and she said she really liked it because it had this big monster that would come every time kids would reply rudely, and then it got smaller every time they said yes or replied in a nice way. So... Do you think you have a favorite character in this film? I would probably have to say Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. And I think Hello Kitty is like my all-time favorite character ever in this world. But why did you like Hello Kitty? Because she's sweet. And I also like her cute little bow. And she, I like her because she's very nice. But sometimes she's a little mean. And then in the things it teaches her good things so that's why I like her the most because she's kind of like the um girl who has mostly the star Mm -hmm. of the movie but she's a very good a very good girl Mm -hmm. and do you have any siblings of your own I have one sister she's older Mm -hmm. and so do you think the way that Hello Kitty and Mimi um interact with each other is that similar to the way you and your sister interact well Mimi's kind of shy and she talks like um a little funny so it's kind of like cute see that Uh and then they'll probably like her because it's just kids who are shy they learn that well she actually I like her because she's a nice girl and Mm -hmm. she's mostly um She's mostly, like, 
a little shy, just like my sister. And I'm a um, I'm talk a lot, kind of like Hello Kitty. So mm -hmm. I kind of that that's how we relate to each other. But it's really good. Because that's awesome that you were able to relate to one of those characters and that you were able to picture yourself and your sister in Hello Kitty and Mimi. So yeah. do you think your family relates anyway to Hello Kitty's family or do you think other kids will able, be able to relate to Hello Kitty and her family? My family ha likes Hello Kitty. They like them and I think my friends will love Hello Kitty and I'm probably going to give this to one of my friends. Just for a little while, so she'll borrow it because she'll probably like Hello Kitty and Mimi. Mm -hmm. And how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale would, of one to five? I give it five stars. Oh, wow. You really, really liked it. So what did you like so much about it? Well, I like that um, it gave kids a learning that they have to do things good. Mm -hmm. other than bad so it's kind of like a relation to good so mm -hmm. if your kid's like a little mean you should give her um hello kitty and then it will like get her into goodness so it's a fun learning experience would you say yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and so do you oh, think and I, this and, and I love the animals how they act like humans uh-huh yeah they <laughs> all act just like us I think it's really cool to be able to, you know, learn messages and, you know, get, like, people messages out of animal characters. And I always think that's sort of a fun learning experience for people. Plus, Hello Kitty is just super cute and, like, really fun and entertaining. And it's very important when you're teaching lessons, especially, you know, through television or through movies or TV programs. It's very important that it's also entertaining so you're not just being, like, lectured the whole time, you know? Yes. Because it's boring then. Mm -hmm. It would get boring. And then if you get bored, you don't really pay attention and you wouldn't really be learning anything, would you? No. You'd just be learning. No. <laughs> so, why don't, do you think that this film is good for all ages? You know, what age group would you give it for? Two to seven, because I'm seven and um, I think that two-year-olds would love to listen to Hello Kitty and they would be able to understand it. They would be able to like get very much with this. So they would probably like it more than seven year olds, but I'm seven, so I loved it. So everybody will probably like it through those ages. Mm -hmm. And do you think that parents would be able to sit down and watch this with their kids and be able to have sort of fun family time together? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I personally grew up with Hello Kitty, and, you know, I, I love Hello Kitty. I have a Hello Kitty backpack. I have, like, Hello really? Kitty everything. Yes, I do. I have a Hello Kitty backpack. It's awesome. Um, but so, I grew up with Hello Kitty, and I love all of the stories. So, I honestly think that if, you know, I got bored or if I had some free time, I would definitely sit down and watch Hello Kitty with my family. Um, I have, like I said before, I have a lot of younger cousins and um i have a little brother and he might not really be into hello kitty so much oh no no boy. i should have told you it's for boys and girls because there's a couple of boy characters so you can be able to watch it too so it's very exciting for boys too 
Oh, awesome. Well, then I can sit down and watch it with my little brother then, can't I? Yes. But I think personally, any teenager or any young adult that grew up with Hello Kitty or, you know, has younger kids that love Hello Kitty today, they could definitely sit down and get entertainment too because Hello Kitty's just fun. She's so full of life and, you know, she's awesome. So, Morgan, why don't you tell me a little bit about your thoughts of the overall production? You know, everything put together, what are your thoughts of the movie? Well, it was super cool and that it was cool because in Eating Nicely, the fork, the spoon, and the knife talk. So I actually think that it's just fun for mm-hmm. um, families to sit, watch, and have a little time to do it. No. So it would be mostly so cool for boys, girls, and plus parents. Mm-hmm. Or so it teaches who- lessons that then you can go and do in your daily life? Yes, and plus it's um, good for those, those ages and plus parents or anybody mm-hmm. who loves Hello Kitty, so... That's awesome. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Morgan, thank you so much for talking with me about growing up with Hello Kitty. I can't wait to see it with my little brother and my family and all of my cousins. And I hope that everybody else who's listening to this will go out and get this for themselves or for their kids or, you know, even if you're a teenager, you'll definitely enjoy it. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 
The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the new film, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which came out December 21st, and it stars Tom Cruise. And if I believe correctly, this is the fourth film that Tom Cruise has been in, which is Mission Impossible. And um, it's not the fourth film Tom Cruise has been in, but it's the fourth Mission Impossible film he's been in. And Mission Impossible has been around for quite some time. So I have with me Gabriella, who's here, going to tell me a little bit more about this fantastic adventure action film. So, Gabriella, why don't you tell me the plot line and the storyline of this film? Um, the movie is about how um, the IMF, they're blamed for the bombing of Kremlin. So Ethan Hunt and his team, they work for the IMF. They tried to get back their reputation by preventing a nuclear missile from killing everyone on Earth. And what's your opinion about this movie? Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you not like it so much? Yes, I loved it. Um, the movie is really fast-paced. From the beginning, um, I was on the edge of my seat because scene after scene, um, Ethan Hunt and his team, they're always on the move. And the movie, um, it starts from Russia to Dubai to Mumbai and back to the United States. So it was like an international adventure, and it was really fun watching that. There are so many locations in this film, absolutely just a ton. So what did you think about the cinematography and how the camera was able to capture all of the different places and the vastness of their travels? Yeah, the cinematography was um, great because um, there were a lot of close-ups of Ethan Hunt trying to... um, take on a really difficult stunt and the close-ups and the zoom-ins really made it lifelike and really um, fast-paced and intense. So what did you think of the soundtrack in this movie for the action and for all of the, I know there's a bit of suspense in this, not a ton of suspense, but just because of all of the action. So how did you think the music captured that? Yeah, the the music captured the emotion well. It was really intense and um, really portrayed all of the action in the movie and all of the chaos. And it even reminded me a little bit of James Bond. Mm, I see. I think that's cool that you're able to make that connection and be able to identify that there are similarities between the two films. So, Gabriella, what do you think, you know, the emotion was in this film? The emotion was very exciting because Ethan Hunt, he's always trying to do the craziest thing. And it's really fun watching that. So 
it's really adventurous and exciting and quick paced. And do you think that was captured to the best of its ability? Yeah, I did. I think it was really exciting. And um, I really liked watching him do all of these stunts. So was there a specific part of the film that you, you know, found most intriguing or that stuck out to you? Or was there a certain character that you felt you related to the most or also that stuck out to you? A lot of the scenes had really cool special effects. And I think one of the most um interesting scenes was when Ethan Hunt, he, his partner gave him this glove, which allowed him to climb up this extremely tall building. And he was climbing up the building only on the gloves and he made it all the way to the top of the building. Then he tried to come back down and his gloves weren't really working. So he was about to fall off. So he had to swing from the top floor back down to his original floor. And it was really close because he almost didn't make it. And watching that, it was so intense, but like it wasn't so, um, it was, it was realistic and it wasn't to the point that you couldn't believe it didn't happen. I think that's actually really awesome that it was believable because a lot of times in spy movies, you'll see things that they just get so carried away with making them yeah. so breathtaking that it loses the reality of it. And it's like, um, you know, that was really cool, but not very realistic. And <laughs> you know, that, that would not happen. So I think that's cool that you were able to keep that realism when you were watching it and being able to be like, oh yeah, that's realistic. And it definitely seems like one of those scenes that you would hold your breath through. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing the new film Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol starring Tom Cruise which hit theaters December 21st. So I have with me Gabriella and we're talking about the film and she said that even though there was a lot of action in this movie and a lot of special effects they still kept it realistic and she was able to understand you know that it seemed realistic and it kept her entertained and at the edge of her seat. So Gabriella what do you think the age group for this film would be? I'd recommend this movie to teens 13 and up because I think it's a wonderful cinematic experience filled with action. And I think pretty much everyone will enjoy its fast pace, but I don't think it's um, appropriate for kids under 13 because there's a lot of explosions. And even though it's really thrilling to watch, younger kids might be a little bit scared or... And I know you said it's for uh, teens and up, but do you think that even older adults might be able to enjoy it as well and see it and relate to it and get entertainment out of it? Yeah, I think um, pretty much almost all age groups can enjoy it, except for younger kids, because um, the movie, it doesn't the themes don't really deal with stuff that target a particular audience. And I think the movie... um, it's really um, fast-paced and just enjoyable for everyone because I think everyone likes to watch really cool special effects and see the international adventure of Ethan Hunt and his team. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree with you on what you said with younger kids. It doesn't really target 
anything that younger kids could relate to. So they would probably lose interest in it. And if it's fast paced, it might be difficult for younger kids to keep up with. So I think that makes sense. So how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale of one to five? Um, I'd give this movie four to five stars because I really liked it. And um, the director swiftly trends, um, the, he swiftly moved um, the locations. Like even though they traveled to so many places, it wasn't like um, they were doing it on whim. It was like, it was planned out swiftly and um, the special effects are impressive and it really delivers all the action. So did you relate to the storyline in any way or is there a specific character that you might see yourself as? No, I didn't really relate to the storyline because it's um, a little intense for me. I'm not really a spy who's planning to save <laughs> the world from a nuclear missile and um, the characters are they're not really um, like a teenager, so no, I didn't relate to them either. Well, that's a shame that you weren't able to relate to someone who would be about to save the world, but if you were a spy that would be about to save the world, I would think that was pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you think about the overall production of the film, you know, every aspect of the film combined? I thought it was great. I thought it was a really big production because there are so many special effects and explosions. And when it comes together, it's really amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. So do you think there's any aspect of the film that you might have left out or maybe something that you might have added that would be beneficial to the overall outcome of the film? Um, no, I think there were just the right amount of um, action. It wasn't too much and there was definitely plenty to keep the audience entertained and at the edge of their seat. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about the acting? You know, I know there were several stars in this film, but particularly what did you think about Tom Cruise and all of his co-stars? Yeah, I think their acting was good. It really showed that they were focused on the mission. And um, you can really tell what their personalities are like. And um, they really fit the spy character. So have you seen any of the other Mission Impossible films? Yeah, I have, but when I was younger, so I don't really remember them to the best of my ability. I personally have not seen any of the other films, but my friends are so obsessed with Mission Impossible, and I cannot wait to go see Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol because it looks so exciting, you know, so it does. I know, and, and you've made it seem like so like an adventure just going and watching it. You're like, oh, it kept me at the edge of my seat the entire yeah. time. So I think that's pretty exciting. So do you think that there were any moral any like morality or any message that was portrayed in this film or was it more just action and adventure? Um it was mainly just action and adventure, but um there were there was one message that shows that in order for a team to work, all of the members have to be involved because in the beginning, like the team thought, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? Because they weren't ready to prevent a nuclear missile from killing everyone on Earth. That's a pretty impossible mission. But um, as they worked together and they had really good cooperation, so that actually um, helped them almost saved their reputation for the IMF. Well, I think that, you know, getting that message out, that teamwork is very important, no matter what you're doing, whether you're saving the world or whether you're playing on a team, things like that, it's very important. 
Well, it looks like we're out of time, Gabriella. Thank you so much for telling me about this film. I cannot wait to go see it. It sounds absolutely breathtaking. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and vote for your favorite up-and-coming film critic at www.kidsfirst.org. Also, be sure to check out The Teacher's Guide to Media Literacy by Faith Rogo at the NAMLE website and also at Amazon.com. I'm Raven Devaney signing out for Kids First, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.